Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening, beloved. Um, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, give me one second as I shut down. I have um, um, the Bible playing in my apartment on repeat, and I don't want that to be too much of a distraction, so let me just set that down real quick, and hopefully we can move on from there. How many of you were blessed by the Washington Prophetic Conference? <laughs> um, we're really excited where the Lord showed up. There was a glory session. There was a glory um, wave of glory during every session. And I felt very strongly that something tangible was received. Our objective is to, um, um, you know, for lack of better words, work um, with that um, initiation that took place. And by the grace of mercy of God, um, see um, the Lord's intention in delivering to us all of these wonderful things. See his intention come to life. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I think I should be good to go in a second. Let me make sure my camera's all set here. A little shorter. Ah, oh, too little. Too short. Too short. Just a little bit. I think that should be good. I think I'm good right now. All right, cool. So let's go. Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Francis Seabor Jr. I am the son of Pastor Francis um, Seabor and Pastor Jerry Seabor. Um, they are um, servants, chief servants of the Cape Dewan community. I'd love to welcome you tonight um, or this evening or whatever time zone you're in um, to, to this week's first word for now. Um, we just completed our or concluded officially or locally our Watchman Prophetic Conference, and um, it was a blast. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sessions will be available on YouTube and other streaming platforms. Other. Um, um, good evening, bro. How you doing, man? <laughs> Um, sessions from the conference are currently available on Spotify and YouTube and Facebook, but expect there are some sessions that were not broadcasted because of internet connectivity issues and um, hallelujah. Um, those will be uploaded um, sequentially. We're trusting that maybe during open book study um, sessions and on Sundays we'll be broadcasting all the sessions from the conference so that everyone is able to catch up. Um, those who are not able to be here in person for some reason or the other, they can receive the blessing and the impartation, Captain, all these things. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, whenever we have these things, whenever we have these um, conferences, um, God has given us like a, a spoonful of food. Amen. And we have to chew and chew and chew and then swallow. And um, the chewing part is like the preliminary understanding, like you're, you're getting the vibe you de definitely receive something if that makes sense. You're trying to make sense of it, and after making sense of it, you have to swallow. The swallow process, the swallowing process, is when um, all the seed they're broken down into like physically broken down, but then they have to be chemically broken down, and that's where um, that's what takes place in in your belly, right? And in your belly, you have all these gastrointestinal juices and acids that help you break, you know stuff even down beyond what physical physical breaking down process can afford and the fruit of that is that eventually gets transferred to your intestines where it is absorbed into your bloodstream it becomes a life you know part of you um, where literally the food substances are injected into your your cells and this is a process that we want um, to take place as a consequence of this conference we want everyone to make sure they are doing whatever is necessary um, so that there is no impartation that was released, there was no understanding that was given um, that 
um, is unfruitful. Like the Bible speaks about the children of Israel, the gospel was preached to them, but it did not profit them. We don't want anyone to not profit from the preaching of the gospel, especially as you know what what took place here. We want everyone to be firmly established in, in what the Lord um, has for us. And um, for us right now, that looks like um, taking time aside to wait on the Lord, to pray. Hallelujah. Um, we want to encourage you to please um, take time aside to to um, wait on the Lord, to pray. Hallelujah. To um, listen to these messages over and over again. If you took notes, go back to them, revisit them. Amen. Allow yourself to be blessed and then give yourself extended chunks of time where you're allowed to visualize or what I call dreaming with God. Amen. This is where you would like when you're, you've, you've prayed for a while, you've been in the word for a while, you take your notes and you begin to look at what self-application would look like. I'll share something that happened. I shared this in church on Sunday. Um, we had an interactive session. And um, there was someone I met online. There was one of my friends. He was stuck in a specific country about the same time that the lockdowns happened. And there's this um, therapist he met. I love I love the title he gave himself, even though I forgot the title now. Some kind of something therapy. I can't remember. Um, but the dude is, he's gifted. And um, with prophetic giftings, he knows how to activate people and stuff. And my friend literally time traveled over a Skype call. I thought that was the coolest thing. But um, basically, he explained the, the, how the process works. And it was, it, it's basically just meditation, but you're very intentional about being undistracted. And what you're doing is that you're flowing with what the Spirit of God has been saying to you over time. So you take time aside. You allow those things to overwhelm you, the things that God has said. You you ponder them. You meditate on them. You look over them. You revisit them. And you allow yourself to move forward. So basically, you keep on meditating and engaging. And then you intentionally drift forward. Okay, so if I do this, what comes next? And you, you place yourself in that position of the person that has done this thing. So for example, let's say God gives you an instruction to forgive someone or to stop um, doing something, like maybe God is telling you stop watching TV shows or, or um, take time aside to fast. Then you jump into your heart and your mind to the place of obedience to these instructions, and then you begin to fashion your life forward. Like you begin to see where is the Spirit of God taking me, amen? And that's usually an open door to even more understanding of the Scriptures, um, even more impartation that's to be released, even more of the speakings of God, because... Whenever God speaks to us, only a small portion of what he's saying is vocally communicated or visually communicated. Does that make sense? So like during the conference, the, the reason why I'm calling it initiation is because the bulk of what God has to say is still hanging in the air. Amen. Yes, impartations were released. Yes, um, blessings and words were spoken. But there's going to be a sharp difference between some people who would take time aside to wait on the Lord. Amen. And, and receive the fullness of what he has and those who kind of like just drift, amen, who passively, who are going to re respond to the things that were delivered passively. And I want to encourage you to do this, especially right now, because we are in a season, prophetically, um, according to the Hebrew calendar, this is the what they refer to as the days of awe, where Shoshana started off um, at 6 p.m. yesterday, and it ends, um, technically should be ending, depending on this different count differences, but basically it's ending tomorrow <laughs> officially. Um, but basically, um, it's um, the, the head of the year, the beginning of the Jewish New Year. So a new season is upon us. Amen. Isn't that funny how that was a declaration that was given throughout the conference? Amen. Prophetically, um, that is the case. And even in the Hebrew calendar, um, that is the case right now. Um, on the earth, 
Uh, the things that are coming might not be encouraging for those who are not walking with God, um, which is, you know, really unfortunate. But um, we are commissioned, though, to take advantage of these seasons. And we're going to do that by positioning ourselves in line with the will of God. You're going to see some people that are going to experience this, you know, in full force. People who are not going to experience this. Amen. And um, apart from the Feast of... Um, um, apart from Rosh Hashanah Yom Teruah, um, the Feast of um, Trumpets will be kicking off. I think it starts from today, right? Feast of Trumpets um, 2022. Kicks off, was it today or yesterday? Um, September 27th. Ah, yeah, it started yesterday. Yes, okay, yes, yeah. Rosh Hashanah kicks off. Okay, yes, yeah. And it goes for seven days. Then we have the Day of Atonement. And then we have the Feast of Tabernacles. So from now till, um, let's see here. From now until October the 16th, um, we have this window, this prophetic window. And maybe I should explain something that would help. Um, because I know in the hearts of many people, they always wonder, why is it that Paul says in Colossians um, that we do not regard feast days and new moons and all these festivals? And yet, you keep on hearing in the cave about um, feast of this, feast of that. Amen. So before we kick that off, let's say a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that we have received during this wonderful time, this wonderful ceremony of, of basking in your presence, Lord God, at the Watchman Prophetic Conference. We thank you, Lord God, because there's even more, Lord God, that you have for us. Lord, we thank you for the hunger and the thirst, the appetite, Lord Jesus, to reach for more. We will not be distracted during the season, Lord God, but our hearts will be quiet, Lord God. We will contemplate you. We will meditate on you. We will fellowship with you. We will hunger. We will thirst for you. We will reach out for you, Lord Jesus. We want to be consumed, Lord Jesus. We want to be overwhelmed, Lord Jesus. Let hunger and thirst be the earmark of this season in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you, Lord God, for appetite and for capacity, Lord God, like never before. We thank you for the blessing of hunger and thirst for righteousness, for the judgments of God, for, for the for the for the for the for the discernment of God, for the perspectives of God, for the value systems of God, we will value what you value, Lord God. And the things that are important to you will be important to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And um, yes, um, we want to make sure that um, during these feast times, our heart are postured correctly. Now, I wanted to explain. Let's just read that verse of scripture. I think it's in Colossians um, chapter 2. Uh, let's see here. Colossians 2 verse, um, from verse 16. Hallelujah. Colossians. Huh. Interesting. I like how I have. Anyways, it's all good. <laughs> Let's keep this part again. Okay, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, um, what Paul is saying is that he's explaining that all of the feast days were pointing to Jesus. Amen. And um, you would see that Jesus Christ literally lived out the fulfillment of all of the feast days. And the body of Christ fulfills them as a consequence as well. For example, on the day of Pentecost, amen, um, um, after Jesus Christ raised from the dead, 
Hallelujah. That was the day the Holy Ghost was, you know, the Lord Spirit of life in Christ Jesus was given. Amen. On the day on Passover, Jesus Christ died. Amen. Um, Jesus Christ um, was raised from the dead. And um, during the season of first fruits, um, during the season of unleavened bread, all of these things. You see Jesus Christ fulfilling all of these. <coughs> Excuse me. Hallelujah. So why in the cave do we um, hammer these things? Amen. Now, there's two reasons why. One of the reasons why is because what we refer to as the feast days are not necessarily it's not necessarily the jewish culture now it was observed religiously by the jews as a dress rehearsal as a festival but these things are actually for lack of better words they're a picture of the way the systems the ecosystem of this world are run so for example if i tell you that work begins on monday okay it might be a human ritual that that takes place okay but what if I told you that all of the creatures on earth, they respond to that day? Like there are specific protocols installed in creation that when it is Monday, so, so, and so happens. Does that make sense? This is actually what you're seeing with the feast. If you read the book of Genesis chapter one, when God said that he's going to make lights in the sky and they're going to be for, for times, for seasons. Um, one of the words used there is actually for appointed feasts. Amen. And basically what God was saying in that portion of scripture was that the lights in the sky, they have an assignment of indicating, all right, when these feast days will happen. Now, some would ask, why is that important to me? One of the major reasons why this is very important is because many of the things that will be happening on the face of the earth, please hear me out, okay? They are going to be dictated or they're going to be taking place during feast days. What does that mean? I'm going to say it again, okay? Because... You would discover that during Shemitah years, for example, you're going to find economic resets across the board. These are, these are laws that are set in nature. They're not necessarily new creation laws. They're not necessarily, these laws do not govern us per se, but they govern, it's like the systems of creation. They respond to these things. Does that make sense? And so what God did was that so that Israel would have authority, amen, of Israel, the decrees of Israel would flow through these windows. Israel was supposed to be present before God on these days. The fruits of that is that when creation, okay, is ready to um, go into, so for example, when a Shemitah year would happen or when Rosh Hashanah would take place or whenever there's supposed to be any of these feast happenings and a portal is open because Israel is present before God. All of creation happens to, for lack of better words, help Israel. This is why, for example, they would um, leave the entire ground fallow for seven years. And what would happen, sorry, for a year on the seven years ground fallow. And what would then happen is the ground by itself would replenish itself without any farmer touching the ground. Okay. What happened was that, for lack of better words, again, the, the systems, the technical um, 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 intricate systems, the way the things, the, the, who understands what I'm saying here? God designed creation to function almost automatically, like a very complex machine. Think about a watch and the way all the different gears work together. Okay. At a specific time, something happens. After that time, something else happens. All of these sequences, they actually work in cycles and God gave these cycles to the Jewish people as almost like a cultural as cultural festivals amen now one of the importance of these things is that 
global happenings, things that happen on a global scale, you find that they always align with these feast days. Okay? Now, sometimes your personal, your own personal um, things in your own personal life can also align with these feast days, but most of the time they actually align more so with the workings of the spirits of God in you. I'm saying this because as a new creation man, you are not bound to the rising of the sun, right? You're not bound to the to the what happens on the moon. You're not you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. We're above all of these things. So we ourselves are not governed by these things. Amen. Now I say that with with fingers with air quotes because yes, you are not governed by these things, but the consequence of these things if you have not matured yet, if you if you read the book of Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says the heir as long as he's a child is no different from a slave. Sorry, Galatians chapter 4. But he's put under tutors and governors, amen, until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, when we were children, we were under bondage, in bondage under the elements of the world. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that until you are actually mature, until your seated position in Christ is tangible, a tangible reality, you'll find that many of the consequences, amen, of the feast days are things that you'll be experiencing. In fact, actually, what am I I'm actually I'm almost saying this incorrectly? The more in line with Christ you get, the better the consequences are. I don't know if what I'm saying making sense. Let me phrase it like this, okay? Let's say, for example, I wanted to do something on a global scale, okay? And it's something that had to do with the administration of the, of the, of the Spirit of God. You're going to find that almost every single time that these things are administered, you're going to find a feast day is when this thing breaks out. This is not because... It's not like God is saying, ah, wait until this day or per se, okay? It's like the best time for that to happen is during that window. Again, it's just like, when is the best time to go to the office? Ideally, you want to go to the office at 8 a.m. because that's when the office opens. Does that make sense? It has nothing, it's not like you open at 8 a.m. Does that make sense? I'm trying to make sure that we understand that we as believers, we are not to observe these things religiously. But we understand that for enacting, okay, um, for the ecclesia to enact global, for lack of better words, um, yes, um, universal decrees and things like that, you'll find that dates, okay, Kairos moments, Kairos dates, okay, are the times when these things happen. And I can assure you, I can assure you, almost every time something of very, um, you know, signi great significance is taking place on the earth, you're going to find a Jewish festival not too far away from it okay um this doesn't mean that you're, you need to go light candles amen and go um hallelujah and go and buy um uh, what should we call it the prayer cap or a prayer shawl amen that's not that's not the goal here okay so that's one thing okay all of the systems of creation they actually obey the time sequences of the feast of israel please hear me out if you study prophets in the Old Testament, they took advantage of these things. We've explained during ecosystems of the age to come that we are meant to partner with creation to fulfill God's agenda. So you're going to discover that prophets of God, they are not trying to show that they are bosses by doing whatever they want to, whenever they want to. You find prophets, they will wait until the evening oblation. They will wait until specific feast days to release decrees because they know that creation is going to respond in a specific way at these times as led by the spirits of God. 
Amen. Now I'm saying that by the Spirit of God because sometimes you discover the Holy Ghost will tell you um, um, which of these is going to have significance. Please understand. Like for example, now in the cave, we discovered over the years that all of our conferences happened to line up with feast days. It was not intentional. We were led by the spirits of God. And that was because many things that were going to be experienced in the cave were going to be ecclesia level stuff, global level stuff, universal level stuff, stuff about the kingdom of God. Once you're tilting towards the kingdom of God, administrating God's purposes upon the entire earth, you're going to find the feast days of Israel is going to be something you cannot avoid. Even if you try and say, no, I will not follow them. As long as you are led by the spirits of God and you have to make sure you keep on. I'm saying this because many times uh, we can say it's by the spirit, 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 all you want. And then you now say you want to disregard the feast. You might get away with it one or two times because your prayer, maybe on your, your prayer altar is, is burning. Amen. But how about the times when you maybe you dismiss or you don't show regard or you know those times when you're exhausted and tired prophets know that during these kairos moments that is not the time to be tired let me just phrase it like that amen i'm sure everyone hope everyone understands what i'm saying okay the time to be tired is not during a feast day the time to go and to go and backslide is not during a feast day amen god is a merciful god but that's not the time for you to be back that's the time for you to be at your at the spiritual pinnacle okay why because you want to be a part okay of dictating the happenings on the earth and you want to be practically amen practically you check the bible jesus himself okay you see he flowed with these feast days right and i already said that in the beginning right he died in passover and ran buried during living bread was risen from the dead during first fruits and then day of pentecost when the, when the holy ghost was given hallelujah amen amen the second reason why they're important is because there's actually three of them but second reason why is because like what said before is that all of the feast days are landmarks on route to the to the destination um, of the fullness of Christ that God has set before us. And I see, call it a destination, not as something that we are reaching for, but something that we are manifesting. Amen? Something that is, we're awakening to, something that is being revealed. Um, I, I mean that intentionally because the truth is that, um, maybe I should backtrack and go, go back to some of the things that we discussed during the conference. You know, we explained during the conference that um, the, 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 um, a major theme that, you know, during the sessions that I, I ministered in um, was concerning the tabernacle and how God's desire from the very beginning was for this dwelling place of God. Basically, Christ in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. And um, we, you know, went over what exactly does a tabernacle look like and what does it mean and blah, 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 blah. Long story, long story, okay? It is through keeping of the feast that we arrive at that destination, that the Feast of Tabernacles um, points to. Does that make sense? The fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. I'm hoping I'm, I'm uttering things correctly here. Amen. Let me phrase that again, okay? The seven feasts of Israel, okay? They are landmarks en route to the climax of manifesting the fullness of Christ, which is the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle of God. Amen. And en route to the tabernacle of God, there are seven, explicitly identified in scriptures, okay? Seven feasts that must be kept en route to that destination. Now, when we are saying these things, we're not saying them um, disregarding other men of God that did not know about these things. 
Some would say Charles Spurgeon never knew about the seven feasts. As you mean, he did not. Okay? So why do we need this? Our goal, our, our, our example is not Charles Spurgeon. Someone says Kenneth Hagin did not teach about the feasts. Our, our example is not Kenneth Hagin. Amen? Someone would say, uh, who else now? Leonard Ravenhill did not talk about the feasts. Amen? I'm saying all these things so that we can see our example is Jesus. Amen? And because our example is Jesus, not a minister of the gospel, therefore the entire counsel of God as captured in the scriptures, amen, should be our concern. When you want to look like Jesus, you have to set aside all of those silly things that we say. Like this is not important for your Christian walk. What is important is just love people. That sounds like a very noble thing to say. It sounds like a very good thing to say because the focus of the, of the law is what? You love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's what Jesus Christ said, right? The, what, what, are, what are the major matters of the law, okay? Love Lord your God, love your heart, love your mind, okay? That is, that is the truth. These are the weightier matters of the law. Now, just because they are the weightier matters of the law, that does not mean that is all, okay? But the law has it. Jesus Christ said something to the Pharisees. He said something, um, you tithe, mint, and cumin, Right? And yet you are disobeying uh, all the weighty, weighty matters of the law. And he said, now you should have obeyed the weighty matters of the law. And you should also give the tithe of mint and cumin. Amen. In other words, you are actually meant to obey all the laws of God. He was speaking to the Pharisees at that point in time. Amen. Why am I saying these things? Okay. I'm saying these things because... Our objective is the fullness of Christ. Our objective is not Charles Spurgeon. Our objective is not Kenneth Hagin. Our objective is not, is not uh, who else now? Give me another man of God. Is not uh, Martin Luther. Amen? Our objective is not... Aren't these, these, men are, these men are incredible pictures of Jesus Christ that we give to... They were gifts of Christ to the body. Amen? They are wonderful. They are not just wonderful. They are witnesses of the person of Jesus. They brought forth... Um, tangible substance of God to the earth and many of them they brought liberty to the body during very very um, dark seasons someone like Martin Luther for example amen but if we stop at Martin Luther and say that uh, uh, Martin Luther he obeyed God and yeah he didn't know these things you're, you're, you're doing yourself a great disservice does that make sense and to be honest with you that sounds like a bad that's a bad Christian culture that's, that's the honest truth when all you're looking for is is you're not looking for what god is saying you're looking you're looking to justify yourself with a man of god amen that is very dangerous amen and i'm saying that explicitly for example right now uh many of, i have many friends in different circles and some of my some, some friends i have in different circles um i see some people and i think that they do and i see some things that they're doing that are wrong and Obviously, we should not judge people by what they do that are wrong, but it gets something gets my attention, okay? And it is that they are not ashamed of these things they're doing that, that are wrong. They're not trying to... There's some things that, for example, if I find myself doing them, I'm not going to be coming out in public and announcing, look, oh, <laughs> I'm doing this thing. I'm a Christian. God loves me. I, you know, it, there is a level of corruption that's eaten my soul for me to... You, you will be able to tell that something is wrong if you hear, hear me saying some things, right? Amen? Or you see me doing some things. Amen? For me to come out and I'm saying it with arrogance or boldness. There's something wrong somewhere, okay? 
Now, many believers, they have leaders, okay? Many believers, that, um, many of my friends or whatever, that um, some people I hang out with in different circles, they have Christian leaders um, that love God, amen, and that do very good things. They're not bad people of God. But these girls, you know, these, these boys, they would say things like, you know, you can love God, but flex, flex. Or some girls would say, I love Jesus, but I'm also sexy, you know. And, and these things, they might sound appealing, amen. But how many of you can see the danger in some of these things, amen? Now, when I'm talking to, these, to my friends, I'm trying to point out some things that maybe we need to change. If I get anywhere close to those zones that demands that they, um, they, they abandon the life that is appealing to them, as they say that they're that leader they look up to, they can get offended at me, Amen. And so now the prayer point is to help break off that shackle, break off that veil that that person has cast on them so they can see beyond that leader and look onto Jesus. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. As, as believers, we have to understand that God was not stupid when he gave us the entire Bible. When we went to the book of Daniel, as confusing as it is, as confusing as Daniel is, okay, God was not stupid when he gave it to us. As confusing as Ezekiel is, amen, as confusing as numbers might be, God was not a fool. God was not wasting his time, amen, when he spoke to our ancestors and these things were written. What I'm trying to say here is that if we disregard this resource from heaven, we are going to be lacking in some capacity. Now, you are not going to know what that, what that lack is until when it is necessary. Does that make sense? So, for example, um, this is where the theme of the conference came in, you know, like how we spoke about how let me put the flyer back up. Amen. Um, Christ looks a specific way in each generation. Amen. And I use this graphic to, to kind of portray that. The first one with the C, um, that looks like a chalkboard, like um, you're carving onto a piece of gravel or stone or something. And then the second one's like a, um, a feather pen, an ink pen. And the third is like a typewriter. And the fourth is um, an LED screen. And the, the fifth is a higher resolution screen like the ones that you're probably looking at right now and the sixth one is a more advanced or sophisticated font amen as we continue to make progress in the body of christ we as the body need to mature amen and our maturity would demand that we receive the impartations of our ancestors but the the fruit of see, of receiving that impartation is that their ceiling becomes your floor. Please hear me out, okay? The place where they stopped, the f you know you have received Kenneth Hagin's ministry, where, where Kenneth Hagin stopped is where you are starting. Does that make sense? The way this thing works is that there is a measure of Christ they lived up to, amen? And I explained this before that. Um, what would happen is that God would begin to walk with a man of God, okay? Someone like Abraham. And he begin to walk with a man like David and walk with a man like Elijah. And on route, on that journey, someone else, um, sorry, they begin to see the riches of Christ that are available to them, amen? And they begin to plow and adventure and discover. And in that process of discovery, um, when their walk with God is fruitful, what would happen is that many of these men of God, they will begin to, um, like I said a few weeks ago, or last week, I think, restructure their lives in alignment with what they are seeing in Christ with the hope of making these realities that they're dream, you know, as they would dream with God, making these realities tangible in their lives. 
You would see this with someone like Abraham. You would see this with someone like David. Amen. They would see things in the realm of the spirit and they would restructure their lives with the purpose of downloading these things and making them tangible. Amen. This is actually what human beings are meant to do. As a human being, you're, you're a major objective as a human being okay, is building things in the natural, physically. Amen. When I say physically, things that others can interact with, things that you can summon on command. Amen. If you check our ancestors in the scriptures, this was something you would see consistently. Amen. You don't see, hallelujah, you see these men pursuing things and laying hold on them. And when they catch them, they continue the journey on route to a destination. Amen. Now, as they were heading for these destinations, many of them, they discovered that um, they could not go beyond specific boundaries because of the limitations of their physical body. Some of them because they were, their spirits were dead. A good example of this is someone like Moses, right? Moses couldn't go any further because despite how far he went with God, his spirit man was still dead. Amen. And so God told him that you cannot see my face. Amen. Instead, I'll show you my backside. So God showed him a different, um, um, uh, a different side of God. Hallelujah. Or someone like Daniel, as he kept on encroaching onto the end of the ages, there was a limit to how far he could go. And the angel told him, stand by your lot. You have marked out your territory. This region here is called Daniel. You have marked it out successfully. This is your, this is your, your position right now. Amen. Now, you see someone like David as well. He's pressing into God. And he sees things in God that he wants to make tangible. He wants to build God a temple. Amen. And then what happens? The prophet comes back and tells him, you will not build God a temple. Amen. God is going to build you a dynasty, but your son will build you that temple. Hallelujah. Or will build that temple that you have seen. Amen. And so exactly what I just said now, because they could not um, reach onto this for whatever reason, whatsoever some of them because they died right the high priests in the old testament because they kept on dying the work of imparting israel with the el shaddai blessing had to be continued okay by the next high priest all right <laughs> unfortunately because they kept on dying and no one was able to successfully complete the curriculum israel was never able to experience what moses experienced on the mountain amen hallelujah but my point just in, point, in pointing all these things out is that despite all the impartations, despite all the blessings or whatever, they weren't able to get there. And so the next, the next generation takes up, starting off from where they stopped. You see this with Elisha. Elijah made sure that if Elisha was meant to be his successor, he would walk with him. He would walk in the footsteps of Elijah until the spirit came and caught Elijah. And when Elisha um, was able to catch, you know, um, catch um, wind of, of Elijah as he departed, um, then the impartation was received and the spirit of Elijah rested on Elisha. Amen. You see something similar with, um, with Isaac and Jacob. Isaac wanted to communicate the blessing to um, his, his first son, asked for a specific um, 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 tree to be made for him with which he could start, you know, he could arouse himself and release that impartation. And when Jacob, um, what should we call it? Um, Jacob received that. And if you check, as Jacob walked in the footsteps of his ancestor, Abraham, the heavens were open and encounters that belonged to Abraham, they began to happen to Jacob. Amen. The same thing with um, David and Solomon, the same thing with Samuel and David and on and on and on and on. I'm sure everyone, you've all heard me say these things before, right? Amen. 
And so what we are meant to do is walk in the footsteps of our ancestors, amen, with the intent of making sure that we securely lay hold on where they stopped so that we can continue. Does that make sense? We are not going to stop where they stopped and then build a, a tabernacle for Moses and Elijah. No. Amen. That's the mistake many people make. A move of God happens and many, everyone wants to camp around that move of God. Moves of God in the scriptures are meant to transition from glory to glory. I think it's Paul Keith Davis that said this once. He said that um, the Brownsville revival was meant to go from repentance to righteousness and finally power evangelism. Unfortunately, he said that Brownsville could only stop at repentance. They could not go to the next level, which was the righteousness of God. Amen. And it would have, I just wonder what that power evangelism would look like. Because if you hear about the testimonies of what happened in Brownsville, you will get, you'd be wondering, so wait, that was not power evangelism that happened in Brownsville. So what do you call that? That was repentance. Jesus, what does power evangelism mean? <laughs> what is that's what I'm saying? <laughs> amen. If you've ever watched the videos of what happened in Brownsville, amen, and you see what happened, people that were on crystal meth, amen, they will be so smitten by God. This is not the one of... Uh, amen. They are winding themselves up. Please understand. Okay, let me let me give some precursors that will help some people. Okay, in your Christian walk, you are looking for the tangibility, amen, of God's word in your life. Amen. Now, many points in time, you're going to find that you can collide into these things, amen, by the grace and mercy of God, without having exercised yourself. Amen. Many people that go to moves of God or revivals. This is actually what happens to them. Many people who give their lives to Jesus Christ, this is what happens to them as well. They bump into a tangibility of God. The word of God is revealed to them. Amen. The gospel is therefore preached to them and they give their lives to Jesus. This is what happened on a mass scale during Brownsville. This is what happens to every one of us when we got born again. Amen. God was made real to us. And the fruits of that was that we, the shining of the face of Jesus Christ, um, we believed the gospel. We responded to that and we're not just speaking to the heavenly vision. Amen. I I'm, I'm saying these things because... <laughs> If you see what happened during Brownsville, my dear brothers and sisters, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Excuse me. All right, we'll keep this going, okay? Um, because um, if that was not the end of what God had in mind, my goodness, my goodness. And so, moves of God are meant to transition from glory to glory. This is how God has prescribed things to be done. And if ever that doesn't happen, it's because the enemy attacked us in former fashion. Amen? And when the enemy attacks us in former fashion, usually God will raise up a scrub of New Testament who brings about of his treasure things both new and old. Amen? But I hope you understand what I've said so far, right? We're not meant to stop with our ancestors. We're meant to continue. Amen? Please understand that we are meant to continue. Now, this is something that I think is lost. Many believers, they say things like, all I want to do is just, um, oh, amen, amen, oh, thank you, ma, thank you, ma. <laughs> we thank God, ma. <laughs> Hallelujah. If, if you check, some people would say some things like, um, all we want to do is just um, read the Bible, heal the sick, and what else now? I can't remember this as... Um, um, they're baptizing people in the Holy Ghost, and that's all we're called to do. Amen. 
And that's, again, these things, they sound noble and they sound good and they can be excused based on your level of understanding. Oh dear, hallelujah, incoming. Level of your understanding, hallelujah, of the, um, of the will of God. I'm talking about the will of God on a global level, not just the will of God individually, amen? Hallelujah, okay, the power is on, so I should be expecting. Okay, power search um, incoming in three, two, okay. Let me stop that recording. Hallelujah. There we go. Cool. Yes, depending on your understanding of the agenda of God on the earth, amen, you would switch from thinking that, oh, all I have to do is get people filled with the Holy Spirit and healing the sick and da-da-da-da-da. And, and yes, you know, that might be, as far as your expression is concerned, that might be a major um, pillar or a major um a core practice you're going to find yourself doing, if, if that means a core ministry, so you're going to find yourself doing, amen? But that is not all. I, I just want us to understand something that there is more with God, amen? And if you check the scriptures, you would see that you'll be limiting yourself, amen? If all you are doing is the things that you have seen others do. I need us to understand this. This is critical, amen? And I'm saying this because most of the people that did what they did, they didn't do what they did because, because they saw other people doing things. They did what they did because they saw Jesus. Amen? I can... I, I said this before once that... <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about someone else. <laughs> One of my friends sent me a message. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Um, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> amen. Now, um, oh, come on. Yes. All of us in the body. Amen. Let me, let me, let me start with this first. Okay. The body of Christ. Amen. From the day of Pentecost was officially, for lack of better, I can say technically it was from when just goes from the dead. That's like the honest truth. But the law, the law, the 10 commandments of, of the church, basically. Hallelujah. So I was talking about the feast earlier on. Okay. Uh, what we call the Feast of Pentecost, amen, actually happened in Exodus chapter 19, amen? And what happened in Acts chapter 2 was, a, was um, the reality of what Israel was meant to experience in um, Exodus chapter 19 and 20, amen? I'll encourage you to read both of those two. They're a primary introduction to the priesthood of the New Testament, amen? Hallelujah. Now, from those points onwards, amen, what should have happened is that the church should have continued to grow and develop, amen, in you know, stages of transformation until the church, for lack of better words, fully, amen, please hear me out, okay, completely, amen. The Bible speaks about something called the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In every single ability of Jesus Christ, the church is able to stand and function exactly as he does. There's a verse that says, as he is, so are we in this world. That verse, amen, is a here and now, is actually here and now, inside of us, amen? And we can reach into these things right now by faith, amen? But there is a tangibility that comes by something um, the scriptures refer to as knowledge, amen? Where you know what you believe. And the fruit of this knowledge, amen, is that these realities are tangible. They are tangible, they must first of all be tangible to you by faith, amen? And as you acknowledge them, amen, you're able to express, amen, 
the substance of things that are hoped for in a way that all of creation can experience them. Effectively, you downloaded it down to, to the... To, to, you made it physical to everything else. Amen? A good example of this is if, if someone... You know, uh, ministry gifts are a beautiful example of this, right? Someone says, uh, what should we call it? The Holy Ghost is here, is moving right now. Raise your hands and receive. And then he, you know, pushes his, you know, releases um, um, away with the, the presence of God um, through the camera, right? Or through in, in, the, in the room, the auditorium, in the, the hall, the church hall. And then people feel something tangible, you know, heat, cold, electricity, a wave, wind, something. Amen? And what happened was that a reality that that person was probably in, in tune with, someone else also became in tune with that. That thing became tangible. Amen? Um, sometimes it can be so strong. You see men of God, they'll use their jackets and, and wave. And many people, amen? Now, oftentimes these things are, 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 are known to take place in, in church circles, like inside of the four walls of the church. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not talking about those things, okay? I'm talking about realities that we experience when you are asleep. Amen? When you wake up. I, I shared something during the, the conference about a, a specific um, village where they, don't, they fetch water with um, baskets. Amen? I'm butchering the story probably. But they fetch water with baskets. And basically what happened is that um, there's the, the, um, the, one of the people there, the high priest of that, that village... Um, um, basically, that, this operation where water doesn't leak through the basket, through baskets is something that everyone in that village is, 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 um, is aware of and in tune with and familiar with. So because of that, when they're fetching water, they bring baskets like this, my trash can, it has holes in it. They'll fill it up with water and they'll go and use it and wash clothes. <laughs> Hallelujah. That operation is always at work in that community. Amen. There are such things, amen, that God wants down to the earth. Amen. And uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. There's a specific way I wanted to go about this, but I'm saying I'm going about this a different way. Amen. Hallelujah. The body of Christ is actually meant to successfully download all of the operations of Jesus Christ and make them physical, make them tangible. Amen. What we call rapture, please hear me out. Okay. What we call the rapture is when the church has successfully downloaded all of Jesus' operations. Amen. In other words, we spelt out his name, if you remember what I said last week, amen? We have successfully spelt out the name of Jesus. So because of this, all of his operations are present on the earth in the church. Now, when all of that has taken place, Jesus Christ is going to come down, amen, and anoint the church, amen? The same way that when Jesus Christ fulfilled all righteousness, amen, in Matthew chapter 3, that the heavens were open and the Spirit of God descended like a dove, the heavens were open and then Jesus Christ himself would descend bodily, amen? upon the church in the midst of the church it would just be him but the rest of the cloud of witnesses will be joining him amen and what's going to happen is that there's going to be a coronation service now take on the earth the fruits of that the coronation service is literally this our bodies will change amen and our bodies will become Bible says the dead will rise incorruptible amen our, we will change and what would happen is that we will inherit the very same body jesus christ has that body is inside of us right now it's not of your spirit man amen but what's going to happen is that because we have successfully made all the names of Jesus Christ tangible um, on the earth. Then the last thing that would come, hallelujah, or manifest, sorry, is that resurrected body. That's what we call rapture, amen, when we say at the last trump, amen, at the, <laughs> hallelujah. Can I tell you something? Um, do you know that right now, <sighs> trumpets are sounding right now, amen? 
if you check the book of Revelation chapter 1, John had an experience. And in that experience, a trumpet was talking. I'm sure everyone remembers that scripture, right? I was whispering to the Lord today and heard a voice behind me like a trumpet saying to me, come up hither. Uh, sorry. Yeah, that happened actually twice, right? The first one was in Alpha and Omega. That's in um, Revelation chapter 1. Then in Revelation chapter 4, he heard another <laughs> the same voice saying, come up hither. Now, there's a few things that must be here after. Amen. And the fruit of all of these things is that John eventually came to receive the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Amen. These experiences that John had, amen, the entire body of Christ is going to come into them. Amen. You might not have the exact same encounter that John had. Amen. You would have your own encounters unique to you because you are a unique member of the body of Christ. We are going to have the same DNA. Amen. And so the same name of God will be branded upon us. Amen. But we're going to spell out his name corporately in a different and unique way. What I mean by that is that we're going to have the fullness of Christ on the inside of us as a tangible reality that we can interact with without any restraint. But as far as expression is concerned, we're going to give expression to a unique variant of Jesus Christ. Amen. Case in point, this graphic. Amen. Where we see Jesus Christ manifested throughout the ages in unique ways. Hallelujah. Does everyone understand what I've said so far? Amen. For this reason, beloved, we have to be very intentional. Amen. To hear what the Spirit is saying right now. Oh, hallelujah. If all that we're going to limit ourselves to is what the Spirit said during um, Charles Spurgeon's time. Amen. We are going to be doing ourselves a great disservice. I'm not talking about you being intentional about maturing. Amen. That's not what I am saying. Because for you to be able to... Um, Hallelujah. Maybe I should phrase it like this. The way this process works, amen, is from faith to faith. Amen. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. God shows you something. Amen. Um, God reveals something to you. And then you go about the task of restructuring your life to make that thing a physical reality in your life. It might be forgiveness. It might be humility. It might be walking in love. It might be healing. It might be prosperity, okay? I'm financial prosperity. I'm speaking about literally, okay? What's happening is that a specific operation of Jesus Christ has been revealed to you. Amen? It might be healing in your body. Sometimes these things are even almost um, they're demanded of us. So, For example, let's say someone is sick and it's called a sickness is terminal. Well, right there and then, you really, you really have no choice, right? But to make sure that you're able to spell out, amen, that name of Jesus that will deal with that thing successfully. Who understands what I'm saying here? Amen? Well, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? We have the fullness of God, amen? But we have to bring forth, amen, these tangible realities. The word of God has to be made flesh. Hallelujah. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? Amen. Is what I'm saying difficult or hard? Or is it blasphemy? Is it blasphemy? Hallelujah. Okay, no response. I'll keep it going, okay? So we're meant to continue transforming. Amen. Continue, amen, as a body of Christ, downloading these operations of God until we head to the climax. Amen. Which is the fullness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, there are landmarks. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. From the beginning 
for the commencement, amen, from the beginning, from the, from the, um, from the birthing of the body of Christ, amen, until the maturity in the body of Christ, amen. And these landmarks, amen, are, are illustrated by the seven feasts of Israel. What are these seven feasts? The feast of Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of first fruits, the feast of Pentecost, the feast of trumpets, the feast of atonement, and the feast of tabernacles. Amen. All of these seven feasts, all right, they are the journey, okay, from, of a believer from when he gets born again, which is Passover, till tabernacles, when he becomes a dwelling place of God. If you are not interested in looking like Jesus, you do not have to bother about any of these things. So one says, um, all I have to do is love Jesus, and that's going to be it. You know, um, why didn't God just say in the Bible, just love Jesus, and that is going to be it? Why do we have all these other things? What's what I'm saying? Why do we have all these other words? Why do we have pages describing, describing um, um, the need for sincerity in the heart? Why do we have uh, all these laws, amen? All these typologies, amen? Do you know the reason why we have you know these details? It should just be, literally, it should just be, amen, that we should just love God and everything will be fine, amen? In fact, it should just be, amen, that you're born again, amen, and you automatically begin to erupt, amen, with the glory of God from glory to glory until, bah, amen, the manifestation of who you are, amen, dawns upon you, amen? But here is the problem, beloved, amen? The means by which, amen, the things that we are manifest, amen, is by experience. I'm going to say this again, okay? It is by knowledge. That word knowledge means experience. By knowledge. By ex it is by experience, amen? That is how we manifest who we are. Can I tell you something? You can manifest something that you are not by knowledge also. Amen? Do you know that if you have an incorrect belief system in your heart, you might live a specific way that is contrary to who you are? Hallelujah. This is why the Christian walk, amen, is about we ourselves feasting on the reality of Jesus Christ until the day dawns and the day star arises in our hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is why it's from faith to faith, right? From glory to glory. We, 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 we are dealing with the hindrances, amen, in our hearts, amen, that are where, where we are, for lack of better words, where we are disagreeing with what the Holy Spirit is saying about us. Because the Bible says the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirits that we are the offspring of God. Amen? But what's happening is that the soul, amen, has not made peace yet. Why? Because the soul has to be convinced. It's not like the soul is actively saying, I don't believe God. I don't believe God. I don't believe God. It actually is. But it's not saying it the way we think it is. Amen? The soul has to be persuaded. The soul is... Right now, all of us are, as believers, we are persuaded that if, you know, let me give an example of this. When COVID hit, amen, when COVID first came, I remember I, we were, I was on, um, in um, Prince Ebano, and there was someone behind me, um, he was a foreigner. <laughs> I love the way God sets me up sometimes. <laughs> they don't give me space. <laughs> Hallelujah. This way was behind me. All of a sudden, the guy started coughing. 
just started coughing. This is like in the, you know, when lockdowns first happened and then they, the first lockdown happened. So they now had limited this opening to, you know, COVID, the evil, the evil spirits and the evil and the, <laughs> the pathogen. They had scheduled releases. They understood the schedule that we gave them. So once it's curfew time, you see all the all the COVID pathogens roaming the streets of Lagos, looking for the disobedient. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so basically, <laughs> they gave us limited times when we could go to the store, you know, just to limit our movements. Amen. So during this window of time, all the stores they always had like you cannot, you cannot be more than seven people in in the shop or 10 people or something you know this stupid or whatever so anyway while i was in line <laughs> this guy started coughing behind me wow he didn't cough once or twice the guy kept on coughing and coughing and coughing do you know that everything inside of me was saying move forward move forward move forward <laughs> move forward i said step away from this guy it took it took me making a conscious decision because this happened to me during ebola i'll share the ebola one after this amen <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I turned around to the guy and said, bless you. Then I turned back. I wish what I should have done is actually laid hands on him and healed him. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I should have done right there and then. Strive, amen, into my soul, even deeper persuasion, amen, of my inability to, be, to fall victim to that stupid disease. <laughs> amen. Ah, uh, no, COVID. I knew that this is not a real, if I fall for COVID, if I fall for the fear of COVID, how will I face a real disease? I'm talking about one that kills people. Not this, not the, not what, you know, hallelujah. When Ebola hit, I remember we watched them um, because of HSC um, demands. We had to watch these videos where they informed us about how deadly the disease is, how, um, how people are dying all over the world and all these things required by all oil companies. So I was sitting down in the office. I was, this is um, what you call, I was, I was sitting down and we had um, the drivers in the back and we had all the staff members inside and they turned the lights off and we watched this video. The video was in a sepia tone. Accident. By the time I finished watching the movie, it's like I, I went back to the 1940s because the video was done in like, you know, this old school videos that are black and white and the film is all rusty and dirty, dirty tape and all that stuff or whatever. So I'm watching this video. As I'm watching the video, I didn't realize that fear of Ebola was entering inside of me because people died in, in um, Abuja and somewhere else and so that's why it's not affecting me so long story short when when they finished watching the video they turned the lights on and i just realized wow man please feel so sepia i didn't realize how this thing affected affected like even though i was looking at the real world that what now happened was that they now pass around the attendant sheet <laughs> and they explained explicitly that this thing is communicable it's communicable <laughs> physical substances so we were supposed to sign the attendance sheet showing that we have watched the video so the drivers one by one they signed they, i don't know what they said with the drivers again i think it's god that set me up from one driver to the next driver to the next driver so after four drivers finished signing they now gave me the pen and paper now i took it okay and i signed my name subconsciously i stood up and i went to go and use hand sanitizer okay this is after when i first came back to nigeria 2014. Now, as i got to the hand sanitizer i just stopped i said jesus christ what is happening do you know that I was going to wash my hands so that the reason I was doing that was because in response to that video I watched, so that I won't catch Ebola. Amen. So you know what I did? I said, Ah, we are going to fight this war. You know what happened? I think the next week we had a conference. Amen. I made sure, and when you have conferences, you have people coming in from different places in Nigeria. 
I made sure that meeting, I hugged every believer I, I could speak to. That I knew you from somewhere or you said hi to me. I wouldn't just wave. Hi. <laughs> it's okay. I love you. <laughs> Blessings. No, no, no. I made sure I hugged them. <laughs> if I could have given them a holy kiss, I probably would have. Just to, what's what I'm saying here, okay? There is a subconscious belief system, amen, that I am vulnerable to disease and sicknesses. But the Bible says that by his stripes, I was healed. Is everyone listening? So there is active rebellion in the soul to what Christ has, has done. The Bible says that Christ has abolished death. Amen? And brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Now, I, in my mind, because of what CNN has said, because of what, what I'm sure now everyone understands that CNN is a joke, but in, there was a time when CNN was honored and revered. So imagine giving them that authority over your, over, over your life. That is what we as believers have done. Now, what's happening now is that the church is awakening to who she is and slowly letting go of these things and in replacement amen of these belief systems where we are making tangible amen the consequence because make no mistake as a new creation man amen what you're, you're actually doing when you get sick is that your belief system is what is empowering that sickness i like what someone said that the evil spirit chasing you at night in your sleep is your ignorance if you can deal with your ignorance, the evil spirits will, will, do, will be dealt with as well. <laughs> I love that. The masquerade chasing you around in your, in your dreams is your ignorance of who you are in Christ. Amen? Why am I saying all these things? Amen? The church is getting somewhere. Hallelujah. The church is going somewhere. Amen? And this place that the church is going, amen, is what the Feast of Tabernacles is talking about. And the other feasts, amen, the other seven feasts, they are actually landmarks en route to that destination. Now, because in our generation, God wants us to get there, it is necessary that we know these things. So I said these things are for the mature people. According to the scriptures, that statement is a fallacy because every believer, including the Gentile churches, check your Bible, check your Bible very carefully. The Gentile churches were tutored they were ex, ex Paul took time to teach the Gentile churches about the Jewish culture with the intent of them understanding the scriptures. Because many of the things in the Bible, amen, about the from the Old Testament and from the New Testament, okay, from um in the scriptures, sorry, from the from the um yes, um from, from, from the Old Testament, amen. They demand a context. I'm, I'm, I'm not phrasing this correctly, amen? What we call scripture was written in a context, amen, of all of these things I've spoken about. The feasts of Israel, amen, the culture of the Jewish people, the tabernacle. Without a proper understanding of these things, you're going to arrive at many conclusions, like the ones that we have about things like the rapture, amen? We're going to arrive at many conclusions Amen. That when a trump when the trumpet sounds, you're going to hear it. We have all of these conclusions because of ignorance. And because of these things, we have doctrines that are built on ignorance that we now teach. I do you know Mr. is coming back? He's coming back soon. I hope you're ready. 
and in our minds be ready for jesus means that what you are born again and you're speaking in tongues is that all is that how you're going to be ready for jesus christ coming but when you check the scriptures and you see what is necessary for jesus christ to come back you see a perfect church you see a spotless bride so who is ready for the coming of christ right now who who, who, who here is ready for the coming of christ amen whose perfection in in the in the life of god has been made manifest fully that is the person that is ready for the coming of our lord jesus christ are you seeing the picture here and because of this you have people we have dreams and encounters he's coming people go jesus christ is coming and it's true we should get where jesus is coming but what does that getting ready mean amen these things they meant something during a specific chunk of time a specific period of time but right now amen god is saying we are not going to be we're not going to be doing um tooth fairy stories we're not going to be doing um um, um what call? we're not going to be doing um santa claus no, no 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 right now amen right now god is saying the reality of things is what we want to enter right now we are there's going to be an exposition amen of what the purpose of your new birth is for god wants to expose what happened to you when you got born again god wants to expose why you get why you got born again god wants to expose how you get from where you are right now amen talking about spiritual body okay to that place where everything is manifest how do we manifest who we are in christ jesus how can the how can we get to that feast of tabernacle amen hallelujah the season where we as believers we will just throw a blanket on the deep things of god and say when we get to heaven that is not that's not consistent with scriptures at all because the bible says not all of us shall sleep so if not all of us shall sleep why have we relegated some things to when we get to, all of these things again is because of so everything i was saying making sense hallelujah so i um i want to make sure that what i'm saying is being understood here well i'm not attacking charles spurgeon amen there was a work of god a definite work of god that he only charles bergen could do that he did and we need to honor that do you know how you honor the work that this man did hallelujah we honor the work of charles bergen amen by receiving the impartation the blessing of christ amen that came through him with the intent of continuing so case in point and this one i'm going to end okay if you are a jacob okay you heard about your ancestor abraham he walked with god amen you hear about what your dad did isaac he also walked with god your goal is not to do what abraham did as in his external things your goal is to walk with god amen the way he did right but at the same time it is not to walk with god the way he did let me phrase it like this internally you would have the same dna but you're going to find yourself doing completely different things so for example the things that abraham saw he wasn't able to reach or lay hold on if you are supposed to be a successor to abraham you are meant to see what abraham saw and continue the journey of downloading that thing does that make sense if I am a, 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 a David, I mean, if I'm a Solomon, and I lay hold on David's temple plans, okay, and I see what David saw, my objective and my goal is to receive that vision that David had, 
with the intention of building it. Amen? If I am a, a, a John the Baptist, amen, I should see what Elijah saw, right? In turning the hearts of God's people back to God. And I should build it. I should do it. That's what I'm saying. Now, we, beloved, we are the children. We are the sons of the prophets. Amen? We were receiving mantles and all these things. We need to, I like what someone said. Someone shared the vision. I think it was Paul K. Davis that shared about how all the church fathers, when Bob Jones went to heaven, he saw the church fathers, and all of them were poised, amen, looking forward to hearing um, um, the testimonies, the witness of, of um, a, a member of the last, of the end of the times church, the last day's church, because they wanted to, to, discuss, to find out you know, what was it like, what was it like. That's what they were anxious to find out in heaven when Bob Jones went to heaven to meet with them, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. There was something that these men of God saw. Go and listen to, I think it's Smith Wigglesworth and Lester Summerall. That when Smith Wigglesworth was dying or passing away, um, or the last few days of his life, he would tell Lester Summerall about how he would see crazy things in the future that he hasn't even started yet. He hasn't even started yet. He hasn't even started yet. Amen? And so what we are meant to do, we are meant to find out what did these men see? Amen? What did these men see? Follow their... Receive their culture. Receive their discipline, right? But then understand that God is going to show us more than what they saw. It's just like common sense, right? You're far away from China. You can't see China, right? You just read it in a map. But as you board the plane, you might even see pictures of China on the, on the screens at the airport. You're getting even closer. You enter the plane. You see the 3D map thing on the airplane that shows you how far away you are from China and um, how many hours you get to China. And as you're, as you're basically um, over the continent of Asia, when your plane goes over the continent of Asia and you begin your descent, you begin to see, amen, the real estate. You begin to see the, the, the nation of China, as in the physical nation of China, that landmass. You're getting there, okay? You're getting you closer. And ultimately, you get to a place of excruciating detail where you are on the ground, on the ground, as you establish contact with China, and that's which was seen that was heard, that was looked upon, your hands are able to handle. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. Amen? All of this, amen, has to be understood when we hear about our ancestors. Amen? When we hear about um, the things that they did, we have to understand that these men, all right, they did not finish the job. And if we are meant to finish the job, then there's... Excuse me, there are some things that we're going to do that they did not do. Does this make sense? So it's not an abomination for us to discover things that maybe Kenneth Hagin did not teach. Maybe he knew them. I've explained before that many of these things that were going to be discovered, many of the people of God, many of these servants of God that walked with him, they knew about them internally. They might not have had utterance for them, but they knew about these operations of God. They caught them, amen, through visions and dreams. Maybe they established contact with them. Maybe they were even in those heavenly places in Christ Jesus at different points in time as they walk with God, amen? They may not have the utterance for it, but they were probably there, amen? And maybe that's even what drove them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But definitely, we are meant to bring forth things that have not been seen before on the earth. It's in the book of Joel chapter 2, amen? It's all over the scriptures. We're meant to make manifest things that have never before been seen on the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For this reason, beloved, 
we have to understand all of the things that God has given us so that we can fulfill all that God expects of us. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope we understand everything that's been said so far. Amen. I think my time has been up. Amen. For a while now. Amen. We are continuing our trajectory. Amen. From our Open Heavens Conference. Um, now just flew past um, the, um, the ceremony of the, um, the Watchman Prophetic Conference. Amen. And we're trusting God for even greater access. Amen. Our objective, amen, over all of this different meetings that we're going to be having in the cave is continually feasting on Christ, the blueprint of the future ages, until he has been digested. Amen. And our goal, amen, is for operations of God, amen, operations of Christ Jesus to become tangible. Amen. This is our objective. That's the fruit of all of this feasting on God we're going to be doing. Amen. All of this wisdom God's going to give to us is going to be manifesting, amen, tangibly. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. I really hope that you were blessed. I hope this encourages you, amen, to go into the scriptures and embrace those things, amen, that might have seemed a little weird and scary. Or maybe if you had doubts about or questions about some of the belief systems that we've um, expressed in our community in the cave, and you didn't understand how to balance things with the scriptures. I hope this has shed some more light on these things. Amen. And I also hope that you're also seeing the fact that um, the conference, the, the things that were brought forth were not meant to um, be captured in your notebooks. Amen. But they are meant to be digested. Hallelujah. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Amen. Um, Pastor Francis um, Sibor, uh, my dad, he sends his greetings. I sends his love and his greetings. Amen. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening. This has been a wonderful time together. Um, Jesus loves you, beloved. Have a blessed night. <laughs>